Welcome to Joiners, the podcast with Tim and Danny, where each week we roam the sandy shores of Hospitality Beach. Tim, were you just at the beach? Danny, I was just at the beach. Where? In Mexico. We got so jealous of your trip that we had to take one of our own. Oh, you're looking very tan. Feeling very tan. Thank you for noticing. And what was the occasion? It was my sister Liz's 40th birthday. Whoa. You guys so may remember. us to a family trip to Mexico. You guys may remember Liz from our taste test episodes. That's the right. Wildly popular blockbuster right. releases of the Joiners podcast. That's right. We uh, we hope to see a return of that in 2023. Yeah, we really with, need with to. a video component, which we were told is paramount to yep. its success. Which is true. <laughs> I, Mostly, I we want it to come back because Tim and I are very hungry boys. That's right. We haven't eaten since. Yep. Um, we rely on Liz for sustenance. She's a stupendous chef. She's a great chef. Um, but yeah, Tim, your trip was kind of bookended with some wild stuff. We had some health drama on both sides of it, Danny. You're you right. did. Yeah. On both ends. Literally. The, yes. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> yeah, that, that is uh, certainly accurate. Uh, no, leading up, we had some uh, canine illness drama that involved two trips to the vet mm. to, uh, I don't know if you know this, but if a dog is sick and dehydrated, you have to get fluids into them any way possible. And what they do is uh, they inject like an IV into the dog's back. I so did they not have know like that. a water, it's like a camel, hmm. yeah, like a water filled back, which is very funny to see your dog like yeah. that. And it's it rough. takes a few hours to absorb. But yeah, we had to do that twice. And then the night before we left, uh, Shannon took Jack to the ER. Well, she had a thousand dollars that was burning a hole in her pocket. <laughs> she wanted to spend a little money before the <laughs> yeah. trip. She's kind of and the best way to shopping do muscles by just <laughs> yeah. throwing a thousand dollars at the yeah. ER. We'd been meaning to give our vet more money, so <laughs> <laughs> that was a good good outlet for us. <laughs> it worked out. Yeah, but honestly, we didn't know if we were gonna go on the trip because yeah. Shannon, you know, she has anxiety leading up to any sort of travel, and then throw. A canine illness on top of that is pretty bad. So we had a we had to leave for the airport at five thirty in the morning, and we decided at five in the morning that we were going to leave. Yeah, I remember talking to you the night before, and I was like, I really hope they go. In in my mind, like as I was up. laying in bed trying to fall asleep, I had like come to terms with the fact that we were just going to fly out a day or two later. Mm. And then in the morning, I was like, Nah, like I got to convince Shan to yeah, to go I'm happy it worked out. Yeah, it worked out great. And then the the other bookend was upon arriving back in chicago uh we we land i got home and then i'd say within 15 minutes i was in the bathroom puking oh my gosh at least you made it all the way home yeah so i don't know if it was montezuma's revenge i mean we were very careful maybe it was jack's revenge for leaving it could be. Maybe I caught the bug from Jack. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah. I'm but no, glad I didn't she... have to come over and inject water into you, Tim. Oh, I would have loved that. <laughs> Just walking around with the IV saline in my bag. Mm. Um, yeah. So speaking of Mexico, yeah, this week's guest is from Mexico. She moved here to Chicago when she was three years old and has since uh, led a pretty cool um yeah a cocktail career mm-hmm. uh, just cause yeah with some overlap with our very own danny shapiro that's right a little bit of overlap um she is a great person very talented we were excited to have her on the pod yeah my first time meeting julieta very very cool easy to talk to it was yeah. a fun talk so who we are talking about is of course julieta Campos. and without further ado here's our conversation with her mm-hmm. 
just opened a concept. Yes, we just opened up Kindling in the Willis Tower. How is it working in such a crazy historic tower? It's building. Oh my gosh, it's wonderful. So we, I was very lucky to be on site early on and we got to see parts of the Willis Tower base. Um, And that was very wonderful. Um, Like stuff that people don't get to see. Exactly. Behind the scenes. Behind the scenes, like the big, the big bones of it. Um, Whoa. The first floor bar is actually on a base. So the mm. first floor bar is a little bit higher than the rest of the room. Okay. Um, so it's the opposite of feather. Yes, the exact opposite. Um, a little bit like, a, it feels like a sushi bar, like a sushi mm. counter. Oh, wow. So you have your meal um, kind of in a standard like high top, and then your bartender's up a little bit higher. And that was because we um, we had, we had couldn't remove the base of the Willis Tower and dig in and put the bar at a level. We had to build on top of a base. Wow. So that was very, Whoa. very cool. And this is, what is the name of that one? That's Kindling? That's Kindling. Okay, yes. cool. We've got a couple bars going. We've got one on the first floor. That's the one that lives on top of the base of the building. Yeah. Second one is just a little standard. Um, yeah, a little standard happy hour bar. Okay, cool. And both are open now? Yes. Um, one concept, two floors, and we've got the patio coming. Um, we get this huge, beautiful section just south of, uh, just on Adams, and we get to see everyone just walking back and forth to the train every day. It's very, very sweet. Um, you feel like you're kind of in the middle of everything. There's a great energy. Yeah, very Ideal people watching. Yeah. So many, <laughs> so it, many stories. Tourist attraction. <laughs> Tourist. Um, we have a lot of people coming in from the building itself. Um, we've gotten quite a bit of industry. It's been fun to watch it unfold. Um, we're trying to be as accessible as we can. I think that was a big, um, the big idea behind bringing on Jonathan Sawyer. He's out of Cleveland. He's very rambunctious and fun <laughs> and genuine um, and. If uh, he'll always like cup you some food, yeah. like in your hand, and you're like, oh, there's a piece of steak in my hand now. And he's oh, like, I, I don't think that. you've eaten today. Um, and you're like, thanks, Straight man. It would be even like better the... if you didn't see him do it. You just look <laughs> yeah. down, you've got a yeah. handful of steak. I just the picture like in the wedding singer when that grandma, the made, meatball? Yeah, the meatball. She's like, <laughs> hold out your hands and pays him for the lesson with the meatballs. That's, that's Sawyer, I guess. It, he, he's wonderful um, and just it's, it's super genuine yeah. um, I don't know if he's seen this movie but uh, I'll definitely bring up the reference <laughs> yeah. I think it's the last good Adam Sandler movie oh wow shots fired shots fired Whoa. And I, look I, that comes hey, from Sandman, a big fan of Sandman the podcast 30 <laughs> seconds ago he, he'll be so on to defend himself <laughs> <laughs> wait so you, but you just opened right how fresh is it my gosh a couple weeks maybe okay oh wow yeah. fresh wow. fresh Dang. Oof. So are there, I know uh, we do uniforms for the Metropolitan, which is on the 67th floor of mm-hmm. Sears Tower. I call it Sears still. Um, are there other You're concepts? Like what other concepts are in there? I know it's named after whoever has the most uh, square footage on their lease, right? Yeah, so, Bruce Willis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bruce Willis. Has, <laughs> he's got, got a lot. Yeah. Uh, They're just huge fans of his movies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it might be undergoing another name change. I feel like I read that somewhere. Is so it going to be Julieta Tower? God, I wish. Oh, oh the, the building itself? The building is, uh, itself, yeah. It's going to go from Willis to something else because there, oh, there was wow. a bit of a buyout. Hmm. Um, I think I remember th- reading that. 
I just learned on the architecture tour over the summer that Willis Tower, Willis Insurance, insured the Titanic. Hmm. Oof. Which, uh, Danny, you may remember, famously sank. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I had uh, a family on the Titanic, actually. Did you? Yes. Did you really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a Did they make off- it off? No, they did not. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I certainly didn't know them at the time. Um, but You're kidding. You didn't know them in <laughs> 1912? <laughs> yeah, no, my grand... Yeah, so my, my mom's mother... Uh, my grandma, she came maternal from, grandmother, yeah, maternal grandma, uh, came from Toledo, Ohio, and she had a family that were in the jewelry business based out of Chicago, and they happened to be on the Titanic. Wow! Oh yeah. wow! And I mean the the story and the family is like they gave up their spots in the life raft, but who knows what the real truth is? No, they I, did not I, I believe it. Yeah. yeah, you come from a selfless family. I believe yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Who who can say? Wow. But yeah, pretty crazy. That is crazy. Tim didn't, didn't can't believe you didn't share save that, that for one. your episode. Yeah, yeah. come on. I just wanted to hit Tim with that when he least expected. No, that is a good one. Was that the he maiden right voyage of that. the Titanic? It was. Yeah, yes. one and done. That's all you really need. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, you can't bring it back. Okay. What? So I'm surprised it didn't uh, sink that insurance company along with it. You're right. Yeah, I wonder what else How they, they owned survive at that, that? time. I can't I imagine the claims. That wasn't part of the architecture tour. <laughs> <laughs> I do also the, want to put a plug in for the architecture tour. As a native Chicagoan, it is very good. I've done it multiple times. Yeah, you do it weekly. It's, yeah, I do it every week, twice a week. <laughs> a standing appointment, Tuesdays and Thursdays. All right, let's get back on track. <laughs> so, so you've been open for a couple of weeks. Yeah, we've been open for a couple of weeks. It's um, it's wonderful. There's a lot of there's a lot of energy there. Um, we have a strong bar team, strong serving team. Um, Danny, you and I were talking about earlier. Um, young people. Um, <laughs> I definitely feel like a older, like a old bartender. Anything past thirty is is old. Um, yeah, it seems like it. Yeah, I had a young, I had a young person come up to me and tell me I was full of vibes. <laughs> that's Which, a that's a really good thing. No, it wasn't. She's like you're 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 full of vibes. Oh, it's no. like yes. <laughs> well, I didn't know they said that's it like good. that. Oh no, it's not. Oh, no. <laughs> you're throwing too many vibes at me. <laughs> I was like, yes, I I like nice. Oh straightforward you know lime wedges yeah I'm, I'm not gonna bend on my lime wedges i like to picture them like ducking like the matrix when they said that to you <laughs> they're they're a whole new breed of young folks out wow. there um what do you say to that i i say you know i really appreciate this and i need you to uh i would like you to uh cut straight lime wedges without yeah. brown and spots. don't ever say vibes yeah, to me again yeah <laughs> <laughs> how long so it's been open a couple of weeks. How long mm-hmm. has the process been? My gosh, uh, three years. Whoa. Okay. So, yeah. so since you've come on to 50-50, you've known about it. Yes. it's It was a one full year. We were building out the bar. Space was getting built out. Whoa. Um, we were super lucky. We, we got to go in there. We had a couple of weeks with the space to get adjusted. And I'm assuming that since it has, I'm assuming it has landmark status that it has very specific you know, the city has to sign off on things in a way that is different, perhaps, than the average build out. Yes, we do. Um, there's a couple, there's a couple, you learn so much. Um, so, for example, there's only so much electricity that can go into that space. Whoa. We ran into that fairly early on. We have a pasta machine. We have a couple of things that really take on 
um, quite a bit of electricity, and that was something that got flagged a little bit later on in the project that we would have liked. Oh my god, um, that's wild! Very, very interesting things. So, also with you know your with the doors and the air pressure, you can only um, when it comes to what are the spinning doors called again? Like a revolving door. Revolving doors. So they're all either revolving or if you, there's a set of airlocks for anyone who needs um, a double set of doors. Oh, interesting. Yeah. What's, wow, like pressure limitations. Mm -hmm. Do you guys have increased security as well? We do. Um, they, they're wonderful. The staff at Willis has been so, so kind and just generous with us. Um, they, are there's 24 hour security there. Um, they recently revamped their South and space. So they've got, they've got so many, they've got a few coffee shops. They got donuts. They've got like Shake Shack in there. They really threw a lot of money into it a few years ago. Okay. Um, and it's, it's 24 hours. Um, and everything is so accessible. And then there's this whole underground of the Willis that you don't really get to see. There's layers and layers, um, South Wacker, uh, all these things. Um, it's, it's like its own city. It's its own zip code. It's 60606. What? It's its own zip code? Oh, whoa. Yes. Whoa. I live in 60607. Mm. Mm. Almost. Yeah. Almost there. (laughs) So... The clientele that has come in so far, are they like mostly people that are like, is it like tourists? Is it Chicagoans? What's the mix like so far? Uh, Chicagoans. We have a lot of office folks um, just looking for a watering hole or a quick lunch. Okay. So um, you're lunch and dinner? We are lunch and dinner, okay. yes. Cool. Does, does the Willis Tower connect to that underground network? I've seen I've seen that multiple times on like reels on Instagram where it's like there is a way to get get throughout the loop in underground there's like a network and there's like malls down there Ooh, is this um, like they go to the like the trains and stuff i've seen like passageways underground for like i don't know what it's called look it up but uh, it's it's the ped there's a whole pedway pedway. i was a bad chicago kid uh there's a whole pedway (laughs) system um so macy's my theory is that every yes that everything is connected, um, the public doesn't have access to all of it. Because okay, um, I know those were huge during um, World War One and World War Two, where you were trying to create all these like I don't want to say bunkers, but spaces for people to exit the city quickly, mm. or for other people to get through yeah. spaces quickly. Wow. Yeah. Uh, you can when you go to Macy's on State. That's that's one of the ends that I found, and you can kind of travel around at your leisure. Just be careful. Rats yeah. are huge. Yeah, I wonder how far back that dates, because that's got to go back to Marshall Fields. Because there was a time when like the North Line would drop you off at Marshall Fields, and that was like a big uh, big thing for retail. Was he like basically it was like the exit through the gift shop thing that Marshall Field came up with, where like we're going to bring people in from the north suburbs and drop them off right in the store. Hmm. Yeah, I read a book called The Marshall Fields. It's about all of them. It's about how the original Marshall Field built this huge empire, and then his children and grandchildren kind of <laughs> let, let, let it go awry. Uh, huh. 
Um, that's yeah, what there's kids and grandchildren do <laughs> as they do, yeah, as they're known to do. Yeah, that's right. They yeah. they had a mini Marshall Fields up in Evanston. It's like the exact design, that exact green, that green hmm. from the clock is very very specific, and you can find it in Evanston. There's like a very small version of it. Hmm. There's um, one up in Lake Forest too. Yeah. Oh, very mm. very cool. I know because I went to college there, and yeah, that was like the retail options for a college kid. Plus, you're a huge Not Marshall Fields head. Huge Marshall Fields head, as uh, described earlier in the podcast when I referenced the book that I read. Right. That's yeah. right. Plus yeah. the Marshall yeah. Fields tattoo you have. You have a Marshall Fields tattoo. Yeah, we don't need to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, and Julieta, you said you're yeah. from here? I'm I'm from Mexico. Oh, okay. Um, Wait, you just said bad Chicago. Oh, talking to Tim being a bad Chicago kid, not knowing the name no, of the No, I've read that Tim is pretty bad Chicago kid. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I went to school on the South Side, so okay. oh, Southeast Side. Okay. Um, and yeah, I was a bad Chicago kid who, you know, you know, if no one says no, why not go in? So I'll let you know you yeah. don't belong there right away. <laughs> yeah. Keep going until you're stopped. Yeah, ask for yeah. forgiveness. Yeah. <laughs> um, wait, born in Mexico. Yes. When did you come here? I was three. Okay. I, don't, I didn't really come here. They usually bring you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you just voluntarily, like, yeah, I think I'm going to go to Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, why I, Chicago? Uh, my dad's family was here. Oh. So we went into the southeast side. Um, he has a pretty interesting story. Okay. Um, he was the the smoke master at Kellerman Fisheries. Oh, mm. whoa. whoa. I yeah. don't think I knew that. Uh, Got to get him on the pod. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you could. He, <laughs> um, you know, he's Juliette like. does a, not advise. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's very, very cool. He's, oh, no, he's wonderful. Um He's, yeah, he's my old man. So he worked at Kellerman Fisheries. He started there when he was like 13, like picking up garbage, Whoa. frying french fries. Hmm. Um, and then he, the owners took a liking to him. He, uh, his dad was uh, not super present. Um, so I think they kind of took him under his, their wing. Um, and he's got very fond memories. How long was he working there for? He was working there for like 50 years. Wow. Smoking fish on the weekends. Wow. Um, How much have you eaten in your lifetime? So much. It's fantastic. Yeah. You still eating it? A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize how expensive shrimp and fish was. <laughs> so <laughs> I like moved out. Yeah. I never had to pay for it. It was always at home. Oh, that's awesome. Does um, he still, so is he retired part. now? He is. He, re- you know, like a true blue collared Latino man. He like one day was like, that's it. And That's I was like, it. what? I was like, we're going to have a party. We're going to like get it on a newspaper. You know, we're going to yeah. do these things. Um, and one day he just didn't tell anyone. He's like, oh, yeah, it was last weekend. And I was like, dude, we could have like, I don't know, a little cake, something. Yeah. I hope the restaurant commemorated it somehow. That's a crazy tenure. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, he's he's a product of his times. So he just went quietly into the background. Yeah. and Terminado. Hmm. Yeah. 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 Eighty six himself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but yeah, no no, he's uh he's out in the burbs living his best life. Is okay. he still cool. smoking fish? No, he taught um the new generation. Wow. Um pass the torch. Does he criticize yeah. how they're doing it? He does. And then he, he did for a minute, he's like, Oh well they're you know, doing this and that. And I think he my mom was very kind. She uh She's like, you know, I think it's time for you to step back and let the young kids do be young kids and take that on. Yeah, he had too many vibes. He had too many vibes. Yes, <laughs> strong vibes, vibes in that one. Man, yeah. <laughs> okay, so you basically grew up, spent your whole life here. Yeah. And then, yeah. 
how did you get into the into the hospitality world? Oh man, do you want the real story? Yeah, give me the real story. Okay, actually, mm-hmm. it's a great uh, sequitur. Uh, sequitur. I think I think I made that up. ESL. My bad. Um, okay. Um, so I am out of school during the recession, and I'm having a hard time getting a job. Um, I was an English major, um, and I called up my mom, and I was like, "Mom, I'm broke. Don't tell dad." Mm-hmm. Is this 2008 or 2009? This is like 2008. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we all graduated into yeah. a shit show. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I was like, hey, don't tell dad. Um, so she tells dad. And I get a call. Um, can we swear? On yeah, this? Of Okay, course. great. We prefer it. Okay. Um, I, I get a call from, and he's blue collar, right? He's like, hey, I, I hear you're having a hard time. He was trying to be as sweet as he can and at that age. He's like, I hear you're having a hard time. Um, I know a chef. And I didn't know anything about the industry at this point. He's like, I know a chef. He comes in here and buys fish from us. Um, I'm going to get, he runs a nice restaurant. I'm going to get you an interview, but don't fuck it up. Um, and I was like, I was like, okay, man, whatever. He gets me an interview at the aviary because the chef that he knows is Andrew Brochu, who buys smoked fish for their holiday parties. Uh Wow. And I don't know any of this. Yeah. Um, so I was like, my old man, like the the guy who always like swears and smells like smoke. Um, I was like, I wonder who he knows, right? And I show up to the aviary, um, and I interview with Chris Gerber. Yeah. Um, Did you know aviary at that point? Like, when, what, like, did it click in your head? No, absolutely okay. So not. still, yeah, yeah. So still, I, like, you know, I did my due diligence, did the research, looked up the cocktails, looked up the menu. I was like, man, this place is really weird. Um, <laughs> I'll, you know, I'm happy to be a food runner. Like, I'm happy to wash dishes, whatever it was, um, to get me out of that funk. Um, and I got hired on as a food runner. Hmm. Um, and that was it. And then, you wow. know, it started, I slowly started to, um, I was lucky. I was uh, lucky. I found mentors along the way who were, were willing to take a chance on me um, and s- spend some of their spare time with me and bring me up to speed to learn how to bartend, learn how to run a bar. And um, that's what it all started. It started yeah. with smoked fish. How weird did it feel being in the aviary? I mean, especially your first industry gig uh, with no experience. What was it like? It was uh, it was finishing school for me. Yeah. Um, I learned how to hold a glass of wine. I learned how to start tasting. I um, I also didn't have much to compare it to. So yeah. I didn't know how other spaces were operating. Until I left, I was like, oh, you know, this is this is the aviary and this is what other people do and um, pulling elements from that and incorporating it into the programs in the way that they saw fit. Hmm. Were there, do you remember some things that you were corrected on that you were like, uh, I think this is pretty normal what I'm doing. And they're like, no, mm-hmm. no, 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 Absolutely. Um, you can't slam a door. Yeah. That's a big one. Um, you are not supposed to fidget with yourself on the floor. Um, you like is it like hands clasped behind your back at all times on the floor kind of thing or behind your back or in front of you okay um lots of hand signals Hmm. um well it's a funny hand signal that you learned oh this one you can't see it but i have my hand over my right 
uh, over my heart, and then you wiggle your fingers, and that's to let people know you need to go to the bathroom. Huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I so, would have thought you'd do that over your crotch. But <laughs> <laughs> I guess. It's no fidgeting with yourself at the aviary. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. I forgot. That's, that's rule, rule number, number one. one. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So this is like to tell the other yeah. people on the floor that you're going like, yeah, to like, yeah, cover me because I'm going to the bathroom. Exactly. Cool. What, what other ones you got? Uh, this was oh, just straight hand was um, please come. Uh-huh. Um, and then hands clasped behind your back. Um, you can let people know whether they're on a business. If we have a walk in, we need to right away. You need to determine whether it's business, it's pleasure. Are they? Uh, are these two people siblings? Are they? Um, is this his wife? Is this his mistress? Yeah, romantic. I imagine there's a fair amount of yeah. guessing there too. But what I guess, perhaps a dumb question: no. How would that affect service? Let's say it was business or pleasure, or you know, two brothers or a, a couple. Um, the way you're sat. That's a big one. So if it's business, they're not going to seat you next to each other. Hmm. It's a cross? It's a cross. Mm. Oh, that's good. Okay. Um, if it is his, um, if it, if it's a person's primary significant other. Oh, my God. We're getting, a, let, let's get <laughs> oh, a little this modern is, here. Yeah, this is getting good. Yeah. yeah getting if it's good, a yeah. primary significant other, you try to give it to the same person so they build a rapport. So that the same person knows it's the primary significant other. Like the that, same server? or what Same you, server. Okay, got it. So the um, same server will be assigned to them for multiple visits. Exactly. So that they know that, oh, it's their secondary significant other. Um, and they're able to curate. Um, they're more in the Discreet, know. Yeah. Discreet. And are more thoughtful with the way service is given. Huh. Wow. Yeah. I don't take my primary and secondaries to the same place. That's just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course I'm teasing. No, but that's the safest way to do it, right? Yeah. You... Well, the safest way to do it is to just abstain totally from non-monogamy. <laughs> <laughs> All out in the open. <laughs> yeah, right. Not that there's anything wrong with that. There's yeah, an yeah. ethical form of it. I'm not no. shaming anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Let the record show. Yeah. No, this is very interesting. It uh, is interesting. What, yeah, what else can we learn from... Back of house, or what things did you carry to other? I guess jobs, that's front of I house. Guess. Yeah, that's front of house. Um, my gosh, front of house, back of house. I mean, I think it's pretty well known that there's an ice chef, which is wild. Um, things that there's that, what? Oh, there, ice chef. Yeah, yes. there's mm-hmm. an ice chef. That was one of their mm-hmm. big. Com- I thought you said nice chef, and I was like, but yes, ice chef. <laughs> well, ice uh, chef could yeah. be nice. Yeah, yeah a nice, a nice ice chef. Yeah, the ice chefs were very, very cool. Um, things that I took to other places. Um knife techniques um the way you one of the things actually that has worked really well and i've been using it at kindling a lot especially when you're under um a bit of pressure a bit of uh lack of time is asking people if you make call which is really corny out of context but when you have a lot going on if you're doing something um Mm -hmm. on the computer or you're having a conversation with someone i don't necessarily want to go up to you and interrupt you and um fuss with your train of thought so you go up to someone and you say danny may i call um and it gives you time to mentally wrap up what you're doing and then so that you can turn around and be 100 percent present with who you're talking to and that to me has been really really instrumental in 
creating some boundaries with folks. These young kids like boundaries, right? We're mm. going to create a bunch of them. Um, <laughs> I like that. So you, so if I were to go into It's basically like, may I interrupt? Yeah, Danny, may I call? And then is do you respond right away? No, I think then you let the person determine. Like, mm. if I'm, like, in the middle of something, then you wait patiently. And then I say, you know, yeah. I say yes. I, I'm asking, like, what's the response? Is it, is it, like, yes, you may call, but I need a minute? Or do you just... Wait. Yeah, I think yes or no. Mm-hmm. Like, either leave yeah. me alone or... I mean, yeah, a lot of people have to say. No, Dan, that's exactly it. So if you go up to Danny and you say, may I call, Danny can be like, hey, give me a second. Or yes, okay. absolutely. Or like he's finishing up a thought and you know to wait there for him to like properly, for him to have a moment to address you. Got it. And yeah. it's been great. That part I really liked. Um, it allows you to finish. Um, it allows you not to multitask. I think that's the key component. Oftentimes we multitask so much that we feel like our focus is so split that's yeah. a cool way of i might like it. to employ that at home yeah. there's because i i can't multitask <laughs> yeah. because i if i'm on my phone if i'm writing an email or texting somebody i may as well be deaf i can't hear anything that's going on and then shannon will be like so what do you think and i'm like i what i haven't heard I miss any that entire of that. thing like, yeah but if but if it was prefaced with may i call I don't even know if I'd hear the may I call, to be honest. Well, I think you get conditioned to hear it, probably. Yeah. Mm. That's interesting. And it also allows you, the person who's um, in whatever they're doing, it allows you to wrap up um, in a way that is on your time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was great. I. How long were you over there for? Oh, man. Long enough to put on my resume. That was a tough one. <laughs> yeah. that was, it, they, were, they were tough. Um, and I, I got to... I like to think that I got to see it in a really, really. Um, I worked under Charles Jolie, so everything was um, so imaginative and fun. Um, mm-hmm. I was there for six months, um, and then I had the opportunity. Uh, Jason Hoffman offered to train me how to bartend. Okay. So, which was wonderful. That was that was the next step. Okay. So, and yeah, so where was that? That was at Roca Core out in River North. Um, and then by sheer, by sheer coincidence, I ended up in front of Benjamin Schiller as a barback, took me on as a bartender for Brookshire, which is where I met you. That's right. It's where we met. Yes. It was wonderful because I had never met someone who was running their own bar program. It was so accessible. I was like, this guy's really fun. Why aren't you as fun as this guy? Um, Wait, that was Danny? That was Danny. Uh, He was was cracking jokes. We had an event and I was still newer. There's an overflowing sink. Oh, God. Yeah. And that sink still overflows. I've had to put in a request for a repair not too long ago. Um, oh yeah, because you're back in fifty fifty. That I'm is back very funny. 50/50. I totally hadn't connected that. Um, but yeah, working under Benjamin Schiller, you learned a lot. He came from Boca, so yeah. very parallel to the aviary. Ben's a great mentor. He's a definitely a great leader by example type of person. Yes. Um, he's very particular, meticulous, <laughs> <Yes>. detail oriented. <laughs> Um, all the traits you need. He's That's a vibe. Right. Yeah, he's a vibe. He's a vibe. <laughs> he gives out vibes, but we, we like him. Um, yeah, it's just... <clears throat> it's so funny how everyone has such different leadership styles. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Ben is like tough but fair, I would I would say, kind of. Yes, that's exactly it. Tough but fair. He's He was kind and generous with me. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and I think yeah, no, he's he's one of my favorite people. He's out uh he's out in Michigan doing Michigan things. Yeah, he's got a great sense of humor. Yeah, <laughs> he, he absolutely does. Pretty dry. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, what yeah, when I met you, I was like, this guy's really fun, and he's cracking jokes up, and uh, this event isn't as serious, I think, sir. So I, I'll go back to my wall. Thanks for hearing me out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like how did uh, working under Ben compare to like being at the Aviary or being at Roca Core, let's say? Um, he, I think that's one of the reasons why we saw eye to eye on a lot of things was because he did have that Boca background. Um, and a lot of Alinea folks would go and sit at his bar at Boca. So he had, we had a pretty similar understanding there. Um, yeah. So we, we, yeah, we had very parallel um, ways of doing things. This episode of Joiners is brought to you by Stock Manufacturing, makers of fine hospitality workwear. You obsess over the details in your space, so why stop at your staff's uniforms? Stock has something for every aesthetic. From fine dining to a corner cafe, they've got you covered. Choose from in-stock ready-to-wear options or design the perfect custom uniform for your team. For more information, visit stockmfgco.com. How long were you at Berkshire before you went from Berkshire to 6th, right? Or where did you go after Berkshire? I did Berkshire and I did... um, Moni Bunny from Sable was opening up Queen Mary. Okay. Um, and I wanted to work under Dan Smith from Bear House Flat. Um, he was one to watch out for at that point. And um, they took me, which was great. I split my time for a little bit. And then Whistler landed, um, which I didn't think I was ready for. And I had a uh, – Luke Andrews was like – I think you got this. I think he wanted to get out of town, really. And he, like, needed to, like, plug someone in. I was like, I don't know, man. He's like, no, 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 you're good, you're good. I told him that you're great. And I was like, thanks, man. Um, and that's when Whistler happened. Wow. Where is Luke now? In Michigan, doing Michigan things. Really? Yeah. <laughs> well, everyone just ending up in Michigan, possibly. I'm... We're all headed there someday. <laughs> doing Michigan things. Pick apples in the... <laughs> On the horizon. Yeah, Ben was like doing leather. He was like, or he was blacksmithing. Didn't Ben do like a lot of or leather, leather work? He's he did a lot of like very. That's the natural progression after craft cocktails. (laughs) Cobbling. Yeah, oh, was he cobbling? (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) He had such great taste in shoes always. Yeah, I hope that Julieta is just messing with me. No, he cobbles. Oh, he is making shoes. I'm not sure what he's doing. Um during the day but at night i do i do believe he likes to cobble yeah, which he is doesn't great sleep he's just on shoes at night <laughs> sleeps during the day he sounds like a keebler elf <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna love this characterization oh gosh <laughs> um yeah so the whistler you know all these places share in common cocktail yeah you know very like well-regarded cocktail programs how did that experience you know, you have live music. It's a totally different vibe. I also came up there. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys overlap at Whistler? We did not. No. We did not. But no. yeah. What was that like? And um, working with Paul. I did not overlap with Paul yeah. either. Oh. 
Now, Paul, I believe, opened it, mm-hmm. and then that was your time. Yeah, there. I was there. With oh, okay. Paul so and this Billy was and Rob okay. and Eric. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. Um, Whistler. By the time I got to it, um, it had already. It was so established. It was such a machine. Yeah. Um, and you had, there was a lot of particular things. Doing things well or excellently was always a part of that process. Um, and I think Ben was very much like that. Like, we, you don't need to be perfect, but it needs to be done well. Um, or get the fuck out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um kind of mentality and by the time I got to Whistler um, it was a well-oiled machine it was a bar program that had been set up um, and there I I have to say I, that's where I learned numbers that was something I didn't get at home yeah um, my folks blue-collar um, straightforward people I was an English major so I wasn't yeah. getting numbers at school either <laughs> um, and I got to Whistler, and Rob was probably the first person who showed me how to move in a capitalistic society. Um, and that was great because I needed that. I was just, I was like, yeah, this cocktail's fun, it's dope. Um, yeah, he's, he's like, like yeah. This cost, we'd have to charge $23 <laughs> for it. He's like, yeah, this is also $5 worth of product. Yeah. Um, and he was so strict, and it allowed me to be creative. Because you had to get creative to make a $6 cocktail back in that day. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so, so what numbers were you paying attention to other than COGS or cost of goods sold? Like, you know, obviously, I, I assume there are different margins on each drink. You have some yeah. loss leaders. You have some... Yeah, it depends on the program um, in question, let's say. Yeah. But, you know, over there, I think you kind of nailed it, like learning COGS and inventory and maintaining like how much you're spending on a weekly basis um but yeah like i think the the main thing is that oftentimes bartenders this happens in the bars that julieta and i run all the time people are like i love this and this and this and this drink i made is great and all these regulars that i made it for love it and you're like okay well on paper if we break it down the cost of everything in here is quite high and if you want to make you know let's call it 18 percent be your uh your cost of goods um then you'd have to charge an amount of money that people would not pay so um, you're saying you're saying 18 percent just for the liquor because i mean yeah well there's a lot more there's obviously labor and stuff things like that yeah for sure yeah you're not necessarily i've don't see it this way but maybe some places factor in like the labor of the bartender making it but usually it's just the raw cost of the ingredients mm-hmm. and then if you're trying to hit an 18 percent cost you'd multiply it by like 5.56 if you're trying off to, the top of your head yeah if you're trying to make like <laughs> you know 20 percent cost multiply it by five whatever it is um it is it is fascinating that's like one of those things that people don't really think about until you're having to run your program yeah people love to complain about costs until you they have to think about why things yeah. are priced that way. And the thing or... is, like, trust me, there's no cocktail bar that I know of where it's like they're just making money hand over fist and people are just like suckers. It's <laughs> like the people are paying those costs for a reason and the bars are still like barely getting by. Yeah. And so it's pretty, I mean, food it's justified and, food in that food and drink, it's not necessarily, you're not necessarily looking, it's not a race to the bottom. You don't always want the cheapest option. It's like, no. um, that kind of gets into the giffen good territory of like the 
theoretical thing where the more it costs, the higher the demand. I remember somebody yeah. was like, you don't want a cheap shrimp dish. Right. Because yeah. you're going to get garbage shrimp. Sick, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe to go back for a second, mm. when you said to Luke, like, I don't feel ready for this yeah. or whatever, like, what were the things that you didn't, like, why did you uh, feel that way? Oh, man, I uh, I hadn't, um, at that point in my life, I hadn't been in the position of, in a leadership position. Yeah. Um, so hiring, firing, um, holding people accountable, delegating, all those things. Um, Do you remember your first hire and your first fire? Yeah. Oh, I still remember first and last name. That's how you know it was bad. Um, <laughs> you don't have to name the names, but can you tell us a little bit about the context of both? Yeah. No, she actually, she was my first hire. And my and <laughs> the first hire and first fire. Oh, very wow. much in the Rob 15 way. 15 minutes apart. Right. Um, very <laughs> much in the Rob way of doing things like, you messed it up. You're going to have to go fix it. Yeah. Which is like. It's a good lesson. It's a great lesson. Hard. Um, yeah. Um, and she was wonderful, but she uh, didn't know how to make cocktails. And hmm. she was kind of getting by on beers and shots. And she was, um, and I had hired her because I was driven by, I was driven um because of her personality. I was yeah. like, oh man, this person's like super dope. She understands. She hustles. And she said she knew cocktails. Turns out we handed her a cocktail test. She did not know how to make cocktails. Okay. Um, and I had to, yeah, I had to fire her. Hmm. Um, how long had they been employed before you determined this? Probably a month and a half. How, but wow. they didn't have to, they never sat on the B1 well, or how did they get by? Oh man, let's talk about B1 well. B1 yeah, yeah. well at uh, Whistler and Scoffla, I yeah, believe. Yeah. yeah, we call them B1, B2. Yeah. I mean, Whistler has all the way up to B4. Yeah. Um, but we just have B1s and B2s. B1 For is bartender. Tracy. Yeah, is bartender <clears throat> physically executing the majority of the intricate cocktails, and B2 is the bar back or the support for that bartender. So it's almost like the equivalent of a first or second chair in an orchestra. Sure, mm -hmm. yeah. I'm not a musician, but <laughs> that helped me understand it. That's an apt analogy, yeah. I did play clarinet for three months. We'll save that's, it for my episode. That's more than this person uh, was hired. I'm surprised they made it six weeks behind the bar without people being like, what's the deal? Yeah, S same. And I would like... She was a B2, so she was always taking orders and mm. delegating. Yeah, and B2 just people. makes like built drinks. So it's not like full cocktail mm. acumen necessarily. So you could pretend or, you know. For a little bit, apparently. Yeah. No, I was, uh, I was also young. I was like, no, I think she's got it. She did not have it. Um, and I felt bad because I was, uh, I hadn't been straightforward with her in the fact that I was like, hey, you need to know how to make cocktails. Yeah. Um, and you haven't really shown up that way. So when you say know how to make cocktails, yeah. does that mean, I guess you have to have like a fundamental understanding of classic cocktails, mm -hmm. the formulas for creating cocktails, like how to balance things. Like what, what is that knowledge and, and how, is that something you could acquire on, is that a knowledge you could acquire on the job? I assume a lot of people do, but like mm -hmm. there's also bartending school. Like, what's the basic knowledge you'd need to get by at a place like Whistler that's very cocktail heavy or is a cocktail bar? Definitely a deep understanding of core classic 
recipes. Mm-hmm. So your old fashioned, your daiquiri, your margarita, um, and then you you know you add the other layers. You add the historic layers of a sazerac or, um, I mean, name name anything espresso martini. There are other cocktails that are built on that, um, and then. There's that. There's that knowledge. There's that book knowledge. Like you said, you can acquire it on your own. Oftentimes, um, it works when you are working and acquiring it at the same time. So that that clicks. You get it visually, and you get it from a book. Um, and there's also technique, which is the telltale sign of someone mixing who is uncomfortable mixing a drink, mm-hmm. um, who isn't shaking long enough, or who's shaking into a crowd, who adds ice before adding a cocktail ingredient in. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of little signs um, that let you know that a person ha- isn't very studied. Um, so you could theoretically have an aud- audition, try out, have mm-hmm. somebody, you could watch somebody make a drink and be like, this person does not know what they're doing necessarily. Yeah. I have test drinks. My test drinks are daiquiris and Sazeracs. What are yours, Danny? I know you. Yeah. Have, everyone has test drinks. No, I mostly am like asking. Boiler maker, Danny? Yeah, <laughs> I'll mostly ask people uh you know what their cocktail knowledge is like i'll ask how do we make a this drink or that drink and i'll start with a very basic classic sometimes you know i'll throw out like a boulevardier or negroni since they could really just say equal parts and just name the three things um even though we don't make them equal parts in scoffle group but i would accept <laughs> it uh, in an interview and then i'll go to something more obscure um i'll be like how do you make a 20th century or corpse survivor number two or something like that and then that's kind of where you start to suss out um how deep the knowledge is it's not really a significant factor for me i think to julieta's point it's like my preferred way of doing it now and the way that we try to do it within the group is just staging people so having people get paid to work some hours of a shift and that's when we'll see if they can how they make drinks how they interact Mm -hmm. with guests with their co-workers and that's usually like a pretty good way of determining if you know, if they're a good fit for the team or not. Um, you know, the, the X factors are like someone could have a great stage and then just like ghost, um, mm. which happens, especially in this era. <laughs> but uh, for the most part, that's like a good way to, I don't know, that's how we do it. No, that's, that's uh, yeah, you want to see technique. You want to, um, if they can balance uh how they interact with everyone and how they prioritize uh, their actions. So, um, and what kind of, at the end of the day, what kind of hospitality they give out? Yeah, especially, I think, yeah, the true test is like, what kind of hospitality do you give off when you're in the weeds? Mm -hmm. Because it's easy to be like super nice when there's nothing happening. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to make a drink (laughs) super well when there's nothing happening. But like, how are you making a drink when you're busy? How are you treating people when you're busy? Um, when you were talking about the three adjectives that make up a good bartender and you added the fourth, which was calm. Yeah. I well, just like ability just being able to, to keep your cool to, yeah, to under pressure. pressure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some people are way better at it. A lot of people are way better at it than I am. Um, but that's like the heart. I think that's the thing I respect the most, you know, when I would watch like uh, a Griffin or like a Maddie Eggleston or Paul mm-hmm. McGee, like they are very good at like absorbing the waves of things happening mm-hmm. to them. Um, I don't know. I see that. I So now where I work, we I've got this like bump in 
with nine to fivers. Yeah. And they're a whole different breed of folks <laughs> who I love. They're a whole different breed of folks. But you know who's done service and who hasn't by the way that they handle their stress um, and the way that they mitigate a situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think that's something that goes that should be held in a little bit of a high regard is how well do you handle stress and how that that technique that bartenders that you pick up so quickly behind a bar that translates so well into some leadership positions Mm -hmm. sometimes you're not going to get the answer you want or you're going to get an interruption or you're going to have an influx of work um and you can tell who uh who has that who has had that in a different vein previous yeah. to their current position. So you're talking about patrons at the, like nine to fivers who come into the bar now? We're talking about nine to fivers, like office folks who are also part of the hospitality. Who work, who uh, moonlight as gotcha. hospitality okay. workers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that a big chunk of who's on the team now? Like, I guess just a mix probably. It's a mix at the moment. Um, and I think, it's interesting because I do think that it like having both um, really allows you to be a little bit better in both as well. Yeah. Um, especially since it's a lot of physical work, and that always feels really good to get some physical work done, um, especially if you have kind of a sedentary lifestyle. Yeah. Absolutely. Are there some traits that the nine to fivers have that you wish the industry lifers would pick up, and vice versa? Ooh. Um, the, the staying calm, uh, for the nine of fivers, um, is, I think it is something that I would, that I would, uh, flag, (laughs) not flag, but like, it's not that serious. Yeah. Um, also the nine of fivers, they have this, um, like I said, as, as much as I love my folks, they have this like real some of them have this like real strict hierarchy like oh no that's the vp and a bartender's oh, like yeah. hey man uh beer great <laughs> like they don't if it's a v they're there's they've served so many different people from so many different facets of life yeah that it's just a they dude treat everyone wants the a same beer. Yeah. yeah yeah and that's good hospitality yeah is for sure being unwavering like that yeah absolutely i i mean we're not there yet but one of the pet peeves that I have, which is a question that will be asked later. Um, it's just how, yeah, people treat other people based on like if they're getting a tip or not, or how big the tip is, or like these people tip really well. And for me, I'm like, I give everyone the best hospitality I can. I don't really ever think about the tip. Um, and it's just like funny because some people really are, you know, are preoccupied with that. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That's a good tip, Danny. Yeah, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I mean, otherwise, you're you're what? Judging a book by its color yeah, of and course. saying, oh, 100%. these kids aren't going to tip. Yeah. What is, uh, like, do do millennials tip? Is that a... Is that, I, I think so. I mean, I think it's generally that generation learn. Like, I don't know. I assume that's generational. I would, I would think that older people, even though they might have the money... May not be accustomed. Yeah, to I think tipping younger people more. are more generous. I think so tip-wise too. Than, I mean, if I were to make a super generalization, I would also think industry people tip well because they've been on the receiving For end sure. of it. Industry mm-hmm. people tip very well, yeah. um, to the point where you know I've talked about it with some other people. It's almost like you're you're like trading this forty dollars back and forth kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like 
if you're an industry person, sometimes oh, yeah. you don't see much of a bill. You're leaving like 40 bucks on top of <clears throat> maybe like a $10 bill or something. And they come to visit you, you know, it just like, it's kind of like kind of pay it forward. Rotating money. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Um, because you're of course expected to do that when you're yeah. somewhere and then it's just endless. You never own it. You're just the yeah. temporary guardian. Yeah. <laughs> Schiller was uh, one of the best tippers yeah. that I encountered, I feel. Whoa. Let's talk about yeah. some of the worst tippers. <clears throat> I, would, I would never <laughs> call that out. But yeah, like Schiller's move. And again, I, if you uh, if someone else was visited by him and he didn't do this, I apologize. But uh, when he would come into Scoffle, which was very infrequent, mm-hmm. I think maybe this was like when he'd visit a place for the first time or something, but... I remember he had like one drink. He was great, great guest, and then just left a hundred dollar bill and left. Jesus. Yeah, and I was like, "Wow, all right." Did he pay his tab? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, minus the ninety eight dollar pour that he had. It was a two dollar <laughs> tab. No, yeah, but he was very generous. Um, mm-hmm. I've I don't never. Know if you remember that, or if you ever saw it. I've seen it. Yeah. No, I've seen it. Uh, he once, yeah, actually, he sat across my bar once at Roca. Yeah. I think he was scoping it out. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, fantastic. And it was only one one drink and done. Yeah. That's, which is yeah, something that's I didn't did. understand when I was younger. He did that at Scalfaw, too. Promo. Yeah. Well, he was running programs. And now that I run programs, I don't. Yeah, he don't drink as much. I don't drink as much. He was probably going to ten spots a night though. <laughs> yeah, he had a thousand dollars in his pocket, a hundred oh for God. each spot, and that was his one night a year he went out. He's a, he is a tall man. He can definitely, you know, yeah. put a couple away. All away. <laughs> yeah. Joiner's podcast is brought to you by Party Can. Party Can is a premium batched, large format, full flavored cocktail that uses high end liquor, real juice, real ingredients. It's all natural, gluten free. It's 12 drinks in a single can. And guess what? That can actually floats. You can take it to the beach, the pool, on the boat, camping, hiking, to the game, everywhere you go. It is recyclable and reusable. It's a party in a can, and everyone's invited. Party Can is available at multiple retailers around Chicago, around the country, and you can always go to drinkpartycan.com to find a local store or have one shipped to you or a friend. And now, back to our interview. On the topic of tips, have yeah. are there any other crazy tip stories where like somebody got $1,000 or maybe a non-monetary tip? I've got a non-monetary tip. Lottery tips. ticket. Whoa, what was the non... I mean, yeah, we've gotten like lala tickets or stuff like oh, that that's really mm-hmm. whoa um i've gotten target gift cards very hmm. random random yeah. Interesting. um drugs how much was whoa. on the yeah the drugs one would be weird for me the drug one the drugs square yeah i'm pretty square too i was like thanks man what but... kind of drugs are we talking oh, party drugs party drugs yeah. ecstasy yeah like um oh my god See, this is how square I am. The little <laughs> festivals that they have out out in the parks. Um, like a rave, like <laughs> drugs for raves. Kind yeah, of yeah. And I'm like, like a pill, we're talking. Yeah, and I'm like, man, I dress pretty square too behind the bar. <laughs> like, I'm not... You're like, what, did I give off vibes again? <laughs> right? These vibes are just pouring out. Yeah, they're killing you. Um, and I usually work service well, so it's like, 
I'm a little disheveled, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, but thank you. You know, it's a yeah, that's twin- a weird one. Yeah, hmm. I'm sure people that happens a little bit more often, maybe outside of the cocktail world. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I, Who I gave remember... you the Lala tickets? Was it somebody you worked for? Um, Lollapalooza well, or I, a sponsor? I guess. Let me give some context. Oh, it wasn't boy. just total random person, but mm. it was um, it was uh, Greg Hall from Virtue. Mm. He like okay. just gave like I forget exactly what they were. I think they were all the tickets, but it was like just like a bunch of tickets to the bar team. That's awesome, and Damn. no one could go because we probably all worked. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I think the the biggest tip story I remember I think was that perennial, and I don't even remember like what it was. But I think I was so new to bartending that I was like, this tip is more than twenty percent. Like it was, <laughs> it probably wasn't that crazy, but it felt crazy. It was probably like a fifty dollar cash tip on something yeah. that that wasn't that much and i was like you know that made an impression absolutely but there's no i don't have like a thousand dollar tip story yeah. for tim yeah i don't that'd be sweet yeah well i'll really give you good. one next time i come <laughs> yeah, to scofflaw yeah. <laughs> I, may, I may need to borrow some money for this so. <laughs> uh and do if i if i come to one of your bars and i close out my tab is it would you prefer that i leave a cash tip or is, is it matter. the same as leaving a tip on the card? It's the same for me. I don't know. Yeah, it's the same. It used to okay. back in the Wild West. Yeah. Um, the thing is, honestly, if you left cash and you had a a quasi dishonest bartender, let's say. Right. Yeah. And if it was like, door if it was me and okay. Julieta working together and someone just gave me a cash tip, I might pocket. Like, I would. You might. But, yeah, I would not. But someone, <laughs> you would definitely. <laughs> no, yeah. What you do with any tip is you put it in the pool. Yeah. Um, but so that's like why you wouldn't give a cash tip is if you wanted the team to enjoy it. Sometimes um, people do try to, that also is a funny pet peeve where someone's like, here, this is for you. Like you made my night or this. Oh, yeah. Was, yeah. And you're like, just so you, you never say anything, but you're like, yeah. just so you know, like the tip that you're giving just for me, I'm sharing with the team. Like every exactly. time, no one's going to take a tip solo. And it's never just you on the team, right? Who makes this exactly. night happen. Yeah. Um, and is there like so a pretty funny. standard breakdown for like barbacks, barbacks get X amount? Generally speaking, uh, 20% would go to the barbacks and then the rest would be going to the bartenders. Even if you had three bartenders on, it would still be 20% of the barbacks. Sometimes mm-hmm. you'd have two bartenders on. 20% of the barbacks. If you had like one bartender on and one barback, you might just throw the barback more money than 20% because you'd feel strange. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are like loose guidelines. Yeah, it gets, mm-hmm. it gets discretionary. Yeah, it's way more intricate now within all of Scofflaw Group, but that's how it was like when we started. And going back to the cash tips, what I was alluding to back in the Wild West is you don't. Sometimes back in the day, you didn't always have to claim. Maybe yeah, you didn't right. always claim all of the cash. Mm. But the, the oh, that's true. The big golden Fair rule enough. was to like whatever you put, you put in this bucket. Yeah, and it got dealt out at the end of the night. One hundred percent. Yeah, I guess the claiming of tips is the one. That was a new one. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I just, yeah, claiming tips. <laughs> I just want to point out that 
Danny is so hospitality. He has a Sharpie here on his desk, and it's a fine tip. Full disclosure, that's my fine Whoa. tip, Sharpie. It's and for it's, signing a photo so of you can sign your Polaroid again. Yeah. We had to move out the uh, the whiteboard because of this giant light. That's that means I'm an honorary space. member of the service industry. <laughs> this is so dope. Well, the fine tip shows that you're not. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Danny. You, you... <laughs> no, but if it was real authentic, it would just be a standard Sharpie. Yeah. Although, do you know any industry people use the find? I mean, for us, it was like you'd write with a normal Sharpie because you'd have to like write down drinks for people to make. And put and on stuff. labels and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, definitely. And I'm older now, so I need that like full tip. <laughs> yeah. You know, post 30 is harsh, man. I can't read the menus with the yeah, small print. Sure. That's one thing I've noticed recently is like fine yeah. print, reading ingredients on things. Oh. I'm like, that's starting to go. And I, I, Never struggled with that before. That's yeah, a I wear glasses all the time now. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Um, so <laughs> after we we got up to Whistler, right? Oh yeah. What where, where what was next? At? Um, a big break was next. Um, went back to my home country. Uh, sat in my home house where I was brought up as a kid. Hmm. Just hung cool. out was there it for familiar a after I mean had you visited since you were three yes okay yeah I was uh, super lucky to I became a citizen when I was 13 and where in Mexico is this I my folks myself were from Zacatecas okay which is about I'm about three hours north of uh, tequila country okay yeah um, there's not a lot going it doesn't do a lot um, <laughs> it's a small little town and it was great to just be able to take a breather um, it, it was great to not drink. It was great not to um, to live in a small town and like you know you go get your groceries, you make yourself breakfast, and you hang out. How long were you there for? Um, I, man, I couldn't do it for too long. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I went there and I was like, I'm really American. This is really backfired on me. Um, I was like, I, I miss these things that I grew up with. Uh, creature um, comforts. Yes. Um, so I was like, okay, you're not really in tune to your background. So we, I traveled all throughout Mexico. So I went to Oaxaca, Tijuana, Sinaloa, um, Yucatan. I, I was like, we're going to, we're going to do all of it. Um, ended up in Belize in mm. Guatemala. That was cool. great. Um, and I was like, okay, I, I'm, I think I'm ready. I, I had my big break, which was interesting because I came back, um, I worked, I was like, okay, you you know, spend some money. So to Paradise Park and uh, Big Star, you go. <laughs> um, and then that's when I, uh, yeah, so I did that for a bit, and I was waiting for an opportunity. Heavy Feather comes up at that point. And then, unfortunately, the shutdown comes yeah, that was a few a months later. brutal time. Uh, yeah, we had hired Julieta on to take over, like, kind of all Bev for the company. And then the pandemic hit, and... It was kind of messy. It's a messy situation. Yeah, I could see how oh. that got pretty messy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Tim, have you heard about the pandemic? <laughs> I've heard about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was wild. Yeah. Um, I do not recommend. Yeah, it seems like it, it disrupted a lot of industries. So coming out of that, how did 50-50 come back, come up? Schiller came back. Um, I was, yeah, I was working with you guys, um, and then we took a break. Um, as things started to reset. Um, and I was actually teaching cocktail classes online. Um, and that, that was, I was running a small business. That was pretty dope. I got to learn that part. 
Um, and man, I was, uh, I'm not gonna lie, I was pretty proud of myself. We like, I had a group of like six, eight bartenders and we would just teach 10 to 20 classes a week. Wow. Were you the ring, you were the ringleader? I was the ringleader. That's cool. Yeah. It really, um, I learned a lot. Um, and yeah, it worked for a while. It worked wonderfully for a while. And I was really happy to be able to supplement people's income at that point. Um, and yeah, then it started to dwindle, um, which of course we we saw coming. And I was like, okay. Um, and then it was a, just a coffee moment with Benjamin Schiller. He's like, hey, they're looking for a beverage director at the aviary and at 50-50. I was like, I'm going to... I'm gonna go hit up fifty fifty. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I was like, man, these guys, uh, yeah, these guys are pretty chill. We're gonna, we'll see what they're up to. Nice, that's cool. Yeah. What full circle, yeah, man. yeah. My hmm. gosh. What kind of stuff were you guys covering in the cocktail classes? With spirit knowledge, S- basic builds. Yeah, all that. Um, so yeah, we would put cocktail kits together. You'd get one at home. Um, sometimes. Uh, we'd go over tools, technique, uh, history, uh, spirits, um, and always that, what people were looking for, I think, at that point was just like a little bit of an escape. Mm-hmm. They ended up being my across-the-bar patrons. It was a little strange, but it was it was fun. Yeah, virtual patrons. Weird. Never thought that was going to be a thing. Yeah. Did you have like a... Were there shopping lists for each class? Like things people needed to have on hand? Like was it interactive? It was Were they cooking or, I mean, sorry, preparing drinks in in real time with you or just watching? Uh, In real time. Um, So, yeah, sometimes we would work with the cocktail kit company. Sometimes we build cocktail kits. Uh, My apartment got really weird. Uh, (laughs) A lot of, like, crinkle paper everywhere. Um, Mini bottles of vodka. It, It did get, my mom walked in once and she's like, you okay? I'm like, yeah, Ma. I, you know, sorry, there's like 50 limes in the kitchen, but can you bring a couple over? Um, so we, yeah, we. I mean, we did it all, right? It was the pandemic. It was a side hustle, um, and it was it was cool to watch it right around the holidays. There were so many of us, and we were all on different calls, uh, teaching different classes. It was uh, it was pretty cool watching it come together. Wow, that is cool. Yeah, uh, home drinking definitely went up during the pandemic. Yeah, it sure did. Um, is there anything that we have not covered that you would like us to know about, like the people to know about, before we get to the gratuity round? Oh, um, my gosh. I asked you for prompts earlier. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't, uh, what would I like people to know? Um just uh just extend grace when you can um on both ends you never know what anyone's going through um and just a little grace goes along goes a long way how about some advice for people looking to become good bartenders oh uh absolutely study um and then study some more and be transparent with where you want to be um i've got some young folks young bar managers um who I've sent over to Scapla. Mm-hmm. Um, I've sent Thank them you. over like, absolutely. I was like, hey, you have to hit up these bars and uh, be kind and be thoughtful about how you approach your bartender. Say like, hey man, this is where I'm coming from. I'm just looking to learn a little bit more about gin. I heard this is a good bar. Um, I came to just check out some technique. 
Um, and I think that was something when I came up, um, especially uh, here, um, there weren't a lot of women around. That was one thing. Um, and I think that there were few of us, and myself included, I wasn't above this. You got really, you got nervous because at that point it was, there's only one woman of every team, it seemed like, mm-hmm. one or maybe two heteronormative women. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all got a little anxious about each other, and we didn't, um, we weren't as supportive as we could have been, and the exchange of information was very minimal when mm-hmm. I was coming up. Um, you looked at to, to your older folks, um, and I think they were a little anxious as well. Um, and now I think one of the things that's turning around is that there is more, um, a little bit more transparency, a little bit more of exchange information because it just makes the team stronger, makes the community yeah. stronger, so on and so forth. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Now for more good stuff, oh. the gratuity round. What's the gratuity round? This is Tim's there favorite. are no prompts for this. <laughs> yeah. This podcast is brought to you by Geneva. Danny, what is Geneva? Well, Tim, I'm glad you asked. Geneva is a European spirit with a wide range of flavors and lots of personality. It always uses malt spirit and juniper and other botanicals, so some would place it somewhere between gin and whiskey. It can be floral and bright like gin or round and malty like whiskey. Whatever your preference, there's a Geneva out there for you. Even me? Even you, Tim. This campaign is financed with aid from the European Union. This is the Wild West. Oh, boy. (laughs) All right, Julieta. Yes. What is your death row meal? Death row meal. Um, that's tough. Oh, yeah. Um, death row meal. Uh, my mom's uh, stuffed peppers with a side of smoked salmon. <laughs> okay. Okay. Cool. Tell us more about these stuffed peppers. What's inside? Oh, man. It's a, it's a cheese. Uh, my mom grew up where I went back for my little sabbatical. Um, they were dairy farmers, so there was always cheese in the house. Hmm. There was always smoked fish in the house. Like a chile relleno kind yeah, of? Yeah, it's a chile relleno with okay. salsa and everything, yeah. Except, you know, like, I, I don't want her cooking my last death row meal. <laughs> that seems, like, really weird. So I'm just going to go with the smoked fish. Just smoked fish. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. And is dad smoking that fish? No. Well, she doesn't want her parents man. involved with I don't her. want yeah, to. Yeah. 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 Fine. All right, fine. No, he's probably Well, are you going to Calumet? We know so he's gone. Yeah. I'm going to Calumet. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. yeah. And critiquing all the youngsters not doing it the way her dad would do it. No. She's like, oh, this tastes a little off. <laughs> mm, my dad's is a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have a soft spot for the young folks. They've, yeah. 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 After 50 years, they'll get it. Yeah, yeah more right. or less. <laughs> All right. What is your favorite dive bar? Ooh, uh, Dino's in Vegas. Ooh. Wow, Dino's in Vegas. Yeah. I don't know. Dino's What's your in order? Vegas. A, yeah, I don't either. But my my order is uh, at a dive bar. At a dive bar is yeah, a dive yeah, bar order. House beer and a shot of tequila. Okay. Yeah. What kind of tequila? Like a Blanco tequila. It depends on what they have back there. I yeah. gotta. I'm, I'm gonna be a little choosy. Just 100 percent agave, whatever it is. 100 percent agave. Yes, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Is Dino's like Dean Martin? No. no. Okay. I don't think so. No. Okay. I know he has some loose affiliation with Vegas. He might. Do you, do you spend a lot of time in Vegas? You know, I've got family out there, and mm. I have a great time because we always. I've 
been there pretty often and we always do all the off track stuff. Do you That's have cool. some yeah, my wife has family there too, yeah. so we go there for Thanksgiving. So I'm I'll hit you up for some recommendations. Absolutely. In Vegas. Herbs and rye all the way. Like that bar is super dope. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I need, uh, we need tips. Yeah. What was yeah. the, I went, well, whatever. I'll talk to you about it after. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> what is your favorite cocktail bar? Man, you guys are trying to get me to pick Chicago. There's so many no, good no, it ones. Can be anywhere. Oh, yeah. Can be anywhere? Yeah, yeah. oh man. Um, Rita's in Guadalajara. Um, Guadalajara is coming. I don't want to say coming up. Um, Guadalajara has a wonderful hospitality scene, and I've been lucky. I got to see it not too long ago. Um, there's this gorgeous section of the city that's not too cl- not too far away from the downtown, um, and they are really wonderful, um, very unpretentious. Very, as a matter of fact, like yeah, here you want to try this, or I really like this cocktail. They're it, super straightforward. The technique is there. The flavors are there. I mean, they have access to all this gorgeous produce, um, and the intent is there. So cool. I had a fantastic time just going through all the little bars. And what nice. is your cocktail bar order? Cocktail bar order? I guess it would um, be more like a dealer's choice, right? Sure. What's my dealer's choice? Yeah. Um, low ABV with bubbles right now? Yeah. All right. That's a good one. Okay. Yeah. I'm definitely showing my age. Low ABV <laughs> bubbles, please. <laughs> uh, all right. What's your favorite hidden gem restaurant? It's not that hidden anymore. It used to be Rootstock. Now everyone oh, yeah. and their... That sounds great. Yeah, I, I always bump into someone there, which is great. I'm really happy. So good. So easy. And mm-hmm. I like that they turn the light low because I can nod mm-hmm. at Danny and it, like acknowledge that he's having dinner. And then we don't talk. And it's <laughs> wonderful. And I will acknowledge each other on the way out. And it's like there's this beautiful understanding that the folks that are there you can acknowledge. And it can be simple and genuine. Um, and you can let them have that space. Mm-hmm. It's a very nice answer. Uh, all right. What is your favorite fast food? Ooh, favorite fast food. Our previous guest had never tried fast food. Good for them. Well, okay. they said when they were a kid that once a year they would have like McDonald's or whatever, but yeah. they didn't They didn't enjoy it. This all right, let's put it this way. This our Bayless, our yeah. previous guest has <laughs> never had a delivery pizza. Yeah, which was wow. mind-blowing. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Never had delivery food of any type. Jesus. Never had food delivered. He's like, in the time that I could just whip something up. I've had his food delivered. <laughs> <laughs> Have you? Who's, yeah. who's this mystical no, previous Rick, guest? Yeah, Rick Bayless. <gasps> Oh, yeah. that's pretty tough to say that, like, yeah. I've, no one's ever delivered to me, but I sure have yeah. delivered to people. Yeah, <laughs> that's baller status. <laughs> yeah, Rick skateboarded to Tim's place and gave him the food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, I can't top that one off. Um, <laughs> uh, French fries of some sort. Oh, um, wait, I got you. It's not super fast food, but Portillo's chocolate cake. Milkshake. That counts. Is dope. All right, that's a great one. Yeah. So wait, chocolate cake, milkshake. milkshake? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they put the whole piece in there. They blend it in. It's oh, that's next level. Yeah, I'm fami- yeah. I'm very familiar with their cake. I'm not familiar with the cake Have shake. You ever had it shaken up for you? No. You should. You should. <laughs> it's great. I'm also lactose intolerant, so. Wow. Yeah, I'm willing to take one for the team. So are you being are you medicated before this treat? Absolutely not. No. Okay. You just, you just deal with the, the dice. repercussions. <laughs> 
just take a, you just go for a long walk with your chocolate milkshake. <laughs> just hunched over in pain. <laughs> I enjoyed in the restroom. Yeah, you said a chiliriano for your meal. If you're lactose intolerant, this is gonna be some painful stuff. You know, I'm not gonna stop eating cheese. Sorry. For for the love of the food. Yeah, for the love of the food. All right. All right. Uh, what trivia category would you dominate? Oh, jeez. And it can be as esoteric as you want. Um, a trivia category that I would dominate. Uh, man, guys, come on. Cocktails. Cocktail. I could dominate some cocktails. Um, man, I'm working on dominating some wine. Mm. Um, but something that I would be really killer at, um... Jeez, I'm such a non-competitive person, too. So. <laughs> vibes. Vibes. Like. You give out so many, you got to know about them. Oh, God. Um, let's see. Eek. Uh, multiplication tables? I can, like, I can do some quick math. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, like some like rapid speed round. I can I can I can roam around over there. Yeah. Perfect, because I've got a whole book of. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that one page sheet that like caused yeah. so much anxiety? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, those were the best. It was a speed. Yeah. All right. Uh, to what do you attribute your success? Oh my gosh. Um, mentors and lots of patience and generosity. Yeah. Very good. And then your last question, what is something that bars or restaurants do that might annoy you? <laughs> oh, is this the pet peeve question? Yeah, exactly. yeah. Um, Something that they do that annoy me. Um, when I know that you're not washing your fruit. Hmm. Mm. Like good gravy, the sun kiss sticker is on there. Like, come on, man. <laughs> at least take it off. Yeah. At, at, just, At least just let me imagine. Food. Yeah. Let me let me just yeah. Let me imagine that. Um, That's a good one. Hasn't been said. Yeah. Yeah. Shan, first thing when we get home from the grocery store, Shannon is de-stickering and spraying all the produce. Mm. I yes. thought you had to lick them. No, not anymore. That's when I was single. <laughs> <laughs> Water bill was too high. Tim had to lick them all clean. Yep. Uh. Well, that was the last question. Oh, <laughs> so thank you, so thank you very much Keeping for joining us. Suspense. I didn't know that that was the last question. That's always the last question, Danny. Mm. Danny's never listened to an yeah. episode. We're working I mostly on that. zone out <laughs> and then occasionally come in. Um, yeah, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for hosting me. Was this a lot was of lovely. Fun. Yeah, thank you. Good stuff. <laughs> And that concludes our conversation with Julieta Campos. Thanks for listening. And remember to check us out on Instagram at JoinersPod for exclusive cocktails that match the tastes of each guest, as well as throwback photos on Thursdays. This episode was produced by Matt Haddock and music by Captain Cuts. See you next week. See ya. See ya.